up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. And we do a very simple podcast. We listen to punk hardcore and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. We give our honest reactions. We're not critics. This is not a review show in the traditional sense. We make no value judgments about the things that we listen to by and large. We just really like punk and hardcore. So we talk about it on microphones so that people can uh, hopefully find out about some new music, some new bands that they enjoy, and uh, maybe get a laugh out of us roasting bands that we don't enjoy. But by and large, it's just to get new people and new music into people's ears and uh, hopefully compel them to go buy new shit, buy physical records, go see bands, and things of that nature. It's a very simple premise. We have uh, 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice. We usually get through between five and seven bands, and that's really all there is to the show. This week, I am a little bit sick, which is why this podcast is coming to you a day delayed, uh, because I was coughing way too much to actually be able to do the podcast. So if it sounds like I got a frog in my throat or if I'm sniffling or uh, coughing off mic at all, that's that's why. There was a really good show at my house last night. Devil's yeah, it was a fun Den. Show. Devil's Den. Shout out to Devil's Den from uh, Kansas City. Really good band. Super good turnout for a Sunday night with a week's notice. I'm I'm consistently surprised by how rad Fort Wayne scene has become over the course of the last year, less than a year now. The reason I mention that is because I think that there's a prevailing attitude amongst older people which in punk and hardcore older people is like 27 and up, right? Because I would say so. It's a youth-based movement, by and large, a youth-based community. I think there's a prevailing attitude that maybe younger folks are not or would not be interested in punk and hardcore, because that's certainly an attitude that I had for a long time. I think what doing an all-ages space at my house has shown me, a space specifically that caters to young people, is that... The interest is very much there. There just needs to be a space where young people can go and not feel judged and also where they can consistently see cool shows. So the two-part equation for that is, one, have a space that's accessible to people of all ages, whatever. That's obviously the most crucial component. But two, uh, book good shows. I try to not book bullshit shows if I can help it. I think... A big error that a lot of all ages spaces make is they just kind of book anything. They book whoever hits them up. And yeah, or they only book one type of thing. Sure, exactly. So that yeah, right. That's another good point. So book a varied array of shit because if you're booking just hardcore shows or you're booking just metalcore shows, whatever it is, people are going to get really fucking tired of that, and they're not going to want to go to every show. And there's going to be no incentive because they're going to understand, oh, cool, this show is going to be exactly like the last one I went to. So yeah, book a variety of bands, but also make sure that they're actually good bands because if you just book a bunch of bullshit, kids are also going to catch on to that quickly too. So as much as there is uh, this idea of egalitarian an egalitarian approach to music within DIY and as much as that can be a good thing it can also stunt your local scene if you don't fucking if you don't practice some degree of being selective in what you actually choose to spend your time and energy and money on because kids know what is shitty and what isn't shitty so if you try to sell them some bullshit DIY band that you're just putting on as a favor and then the next week try to sell them a show that's actually good, they're going to say, well, why do I trust this person to do anything cool if they're going to bring through this bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, none of that is particularly relevatory because 
I mean, that's been the case, you know, time and time again. Sure. Sometimes I feel like just bringing that up uh-huh. is, I mean, it's definitely acknowledgement of being an old person. I think it, a condition of being an old person is that you sort of fundamentally forget, th- like, about being a young person in many ways. Right. And you think, ah, the kids are different now than they were then. Right. Right. They're not. No. In any fundamental way, and sure. they never have been. Exactly. Right? It, that it's it's the same. It, that's sort of the same. Like, that's the same thing that your parents would pull on you. Well, maybe not yours, because yours apparently seem to be pretty cool. Right. Um, but like your parents would pull on you with, you know, talking about how you know your music is trash compared to uh, Don Henley and the Eagles. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You go. You don't know what you're like, boy. You don't know what concerts were. You want to go see a concert? You should have gone to Woodstock. Right. Right. It's 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 no different than it ever was. Exactly. It takes certain people to have a certain amount of initiative to drum up interest, and then it just takes quality and diversity to keep folks interested. Right, and that's that's really my point. Because I definitely see other people around my age falling into that pit of despair, like, and that old guy syndrome where it's this prevailing belief that kids are fundamentally different now and that they just don't care and that they just don't get it. It, I'm just here to tell you, it's not true. Yeah, I mean, there are things that are fundamentally different, right? I mean, fundamentally, I I don't understand digital culture. Sure. Fundamentally. Right. Right. It has almost no no place in my life. Right. This is about, as this podcast is about as digitally sociable as I am. Right. Right? That's it. That doesn't mean I'm asocial. It just means that I don't play in those fucking, I don't swim in those waters. Right. That's something that I don't fucking get. Sure. But what's not fundamental, what's not, what is fundamentally the same and has not really changed is just what motivates people to get out, go out and have a good time. Sure. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, that's my main point there. So if you're discouraged, uh, don't be. Just take a different approach. Maybe take a... Uh, a more glass half full approach than a glass half empty approach. And you might be surprised with the uh, positive results that you can garner from just approaching something in uh, a little bit of a more positive way. Well, also life breaks you. Sure. Right. I mean, big time in no way in any normal, you know, frame of reference, aside from like the niche basement punk scene Mm -hmm. is 27 or 30 or 35 old. No, but it does have a way of fun. Life does have a fundamental way of breaking you, sure, and wearing you down to the point that you're just not motivated to investigate new things. Yeah, big right. Time. And that's a shame. Shouldn't let that happen. Right. I try not to let it happen, but it fucking does. Sure. You know, it, it gets it gets you once in a while. Hot water tank blew up this morning. Right. That sucks. Yeah. Uh that's uh, that's an example of life breaking you. Right. Right. It's an example of, uh, I guess, certain things. Accumulating in your life as you get older, and then having to deal with that sort of shit because uh, you know life breaks you. Yeah. Stochasticity, chaos reigns supreme in the universe. Don't ever try to build anything because it will be forgotten. Right. Don't ever try to do anything <laughs> because it will be erased. And you can never plan for the future because it is utterly unpredictable. Right. Tomorrow, tomorrow they could report that there's a Texas-sized asteroid that is entered. You know, from the other side of Jupiter, it's mm-hmm. picked up on law. You know, it's picked up on like you know, radio telescopes, mm-hmm. and it's heading towards Earth. And we got about three weeks to go. Right. Well, stochasticity reigns supreme. We should only be so lucky to witness an event like that. <laughs> 
I hope that I don't, personally. I mean, it's better. It's way better than the other option, which is just this incremental instability in, like, the environment that supports us. Sure. And uh, the slow waning and whimpering end of humanity. <laughs> right? Right. I go out like a fucking rager, right? I want to see that fucker get bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> over the next few weeks. And then it's the size of the moon. Right? And you're like, oh, fuck, it's really close because it's Texas. Which is way smaller than the moon, so that thing's got to be, like, real close now. Any day now. Yeah. Any fucking day. And then watch. Watch the uh, the bipedal apes around the world just lose their shit. Right? Fucking in the streets, slashing each other's throats. Money's worthless. Everything's fucking worthless. Watch it all come crumbling down. You'll see what a farce it all was to begin with. All of your heroes... All of your great leaders, uh-huh. all of your monuments, none of it means anything. Right. And that is the lesson. It's not so much how to get kids out to get interested <laughs> in things. The lesson is none of it matters. Interesting. Well, that's a more nihilistic approach than I was taking. I was I was looking on a more micro scale. You're looking on a more macro scale. Uh-huh. But if you, you could also turn that back around and... and and turn it into a net positive, but because nothing matters, go for it. Get as much as you can, right? Suck all the juice out of that fruit before the asteroid hits the planet. Right, exactly. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But nobody's doing that right now, right? Everybody's worried about their fucking hot water tanks. Sure. There's probably some adults right now listening to this podcast that are like, fuck me. Right. How old is my hot water tank right now? Yeah. Is this going to come back to bite me in the ass? Probably will. Yeah. I think um, you, 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 just, know. you just gotta keep pressing on though. My aunt just died. Yeah. I got news earlier that my uncle's probably dying. Jeez. I'm waiting to hear any day about my grandpa. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's been a rough couple of years. I bet your grandpa's doing pretty well. He looks pretty good. Yeah. But the prognosis is bad. Yeah, but he's an old man. Well, yeah, but he recently had an update to his prognosis that's not good. Okay. So but even with all that having occurred and with your hot water heater blowing up today, yeah. in a couple days. We're going to be on the road to uh, go see Central World, Chubby and the Gang, and we Royal House. We are sucking the juice from the fruit as we speak. That's right. I am I am itching to get on the road. Same. I, there's almost nothing I like better. And you talk, we talk about stochasticity and chaos reigning supreme. Yeah. Whatever happens mm-hmm. between 4 o'clock in the morning on Thursday when we leave, yeah. and whenever the fuck we get back on Saturday night or Sunday morning, right. whatever happens fucking happens. Exactly. That's why I love tour. Embrace it. Even if we don't make it. Right, sure. Right? We might go off the New River Bridge for some reason. Hey, let's stop by and see the New River and go over the bridge. And then we go fucking flying off it for some crazy reason. Right. I don't know. One of us just gets sick of shit. (laughs) Right? Sure. Embrace it. Right. Right? You never know what's going to happen. Get everything you can because you never know what's going to happen. That's exactly. And that's the the positive spin. That's the positive spin. Yeah. That's the the optimistic nihilism. Right. That's how I live my life. Yeah. That's why if I don't like a job, guess what? I don't do it anymore. I get a new one. Yeah. So it makes my life hard on a short term. But guess what? Life is short term. I'm going to die pretty soon. Cosmically, I'm going to die in the blink of an eye. So if I don't like how something's going on, that's why we've talked about a million times. The only point of life should be to have a good time. Have a good time. Just have a good time. Try not to step on any toes sure. while you do it. Other than that, though, right. just enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Don't Unwind. get too don't get too swaddled down with the chains of modernity. Right. Don't get too bound up in what you think you should be doing at the yeah. ripe old age of thirty-two. Yeah. Don't worry about right. your image. Right. 
You thinking about having kids? Don't. Don't do the it. The planet's going to be a fucking hellscape oh. in 50 years. Guess what your grandkids are going to inherit? Nothing. Nothing. Ashes. Right. They're going to inherit third degree solar radiation burns <laughs> and a life underground. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Don't give it to them. Don't do it. Don't. Instead, just hop in a car, drive 11 hours, uh, and, and see a punk show. And if you've already had kids, sterilize them. <laughs> Right? That way you you know at least their <laughs> progeny won't have to suffer. Right. And if you are a teenager and you're not going to let your parents sterilize you because you're kind of past that point of control where they have that modicum of control over your life, sure. sterilize yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had a good uh, 12, 13-minute long preamble to this episode yeah. before we've even gotten into the. We've... And I got to say, despite everything, I, I, I am feeling pretty good tonight. Yeah. I can't wait to hit the fucking road. I can't wait to see our friends in Richmond. Safe. Honestly, the point of going is to see the Royal Hounds, Chubby and the Gang, and Central World. Right. But that's actually like backseat. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the point of the point of hitting the road is hitting the fucking road. Right. 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 Right, we could go. We could go to a dope show that is significantly closer than that. Right, but we got homies in Richmond, and it gives us an opportunity to hop in a rental car and drive for eleven hours, yep. which is one of my favorite things to do in the world. Full coverage. We can do anything we want with that car. <laughs> yeah, we sure can. Doing donuts on the interstate. That's right. Fuck it. Uh, so on that note, let's get into the actual show because I opened up the show talking about how it was a very simple premise, uh, and then we went into a lot of convoluted fucking diatribes about the nature of existence. Yeah, but we came back and landed right where we always do. That's right. On- We're like a SpaceX Titan rocket coming right back down <laughs> what is that the heavy falcon rocket yeah that's right right back where it took off from so let's get into what bands we have in the queue this week shall we so first up we have uh otoboke beaver this is a japanese band that was sent to us by tim neff listener of the show uh semi-frequent drunken caller to the show a uh, longtime friend of mine. In their description, it says, Otoboke Beaver describes themselves as Japanese girls knockout or pound cake band. I okay. don't know what that means. That, honestly, it sounds, um, that literally sounds like mistranslation. Yes, exactly. Which I, which I love. <laughs> and I would love to do it how I want to do it, say uh-huh. it how I want to say it. Right. That's culturally insensitive. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Rest assured, good listeners. It's we'll in do your it. head. It's in your head, and I'm sure we'll do it the minute the mics aren't running. <laughs> you're um, already thinking it. <laughs> you're already thinking it. We just did half the work for you. Um, then we have got Final Gasp with Baptism of Desire. This is a band from Boston, Massachusetts, described to me as, uh, I think, it, kind of primitive death metal with hardcore punk leanings. Then we have got Slugger, also from Japan, with their demo 2019. This came out in November of last year. Um, I can't remember who sent this over to us, but they noted, uh, rightfully so, that the Japanese hardcore scene right now is really popping and doing a lot of wild stuff. They described this as being, quote, possibly beat down. Hmm. That wouldn't be out of the question because there is a lot of that in Japan right now, but the stuff that I've heard there is profoundly more interesting than most of the American counterparts to it because there's a lot more death metal influence and like we listen to that band Cruelty that band Cruelty we listened to they yeah. got actually just got picked up by Profound Lore for their well, LP look at that. so there's typically in the, a lot of the, the, the Japanese beatdown stuff that I've heard is a lot more death metal influence yes. um, and now I, yeah I remember that band now and that was much more to my tasting yeah. than stupid american music right and all the song lengths on this are between like a minute and and not even two minutes long so if it is beat down it's definitely uh done in a a a non-american 
an, an, it's a non-American approach to the genre because right. these are very short songs. Right. Then we have got Victory Garden with Madeline. Um, this is a New York band. This was sent over by, I can't remember who, but I think this was described to me as as like Long Island melodic punk in the vein of... I think he said there was like some some like a, a veil influence in there, um, some silent majority influence in there. So if if it's that kind of stuff done well, I could very well like this. Um, then we have got uh, pulpit with salt the earth. This is an Atlanta Georgia band. This was sent over to me by a member of the band, I believe. Uh, I think this is a uh, I think this is their first release. Um, don't know anything else about it besides that. Then we have got Wallbreaker with Resurrect. This was also sent to me by a member of the band and then also just somebody who listens to the show. This was sent to us by two different people. Okay. So hopefully that means it's good. Highly recommended. Exactly. Uh, it says that it's uh, New Jersey stuff, um, strongly influenced by early Boston hardcore and late 80s New York hardcore. Those are two things I love more than Hard almost to beat anything those else. Two forms. So again, if this is done well and true to form, I'll probably love this. Then we have got Mr. Wrong with Create a Place. This was sent to us by our friend Adam Walker. Adam has sent us a shit ton of stuff, so we're just kind of picking one thing per week at this point. He's got a stock for a while. We could we could do an all Adam Walker bands episode at this point. Yeah, he has sent us a lot of new stuff. He described us described this as uh, kind of Devo worship. Yeah, which again, not mad at that. Then we have got Method with Constant Weight. Method is from Des Moines, Iowa. This was sent to me by uh, my homie Nate. He is half of the label Head to Wall. We debuted a uh, song by one of their bands, Honeymoon. We didn't, I didn't like it anyway. We didn't like it very much. Did he take that the wrong way? No, not at all. Good. No, they're, they're good folks. Okay. They're adult people with thinking, functioning brains. So, good. of course, they weren't mad about sure. that. They were just stoked that we played one of their, uh, one of their band songs on the show. Method, Nate described Method to me as being just like cool energetic hardcore that kids really go off to live this came out not even a week ago the artwork on the cover is really cool it looks like the uh the underdog artwork of the dude pulling the drain up oh yeah but this is like a similar like new york hardcore style dude with a chain and a cinder block being drugged underwater but it immediately evoked uh notes of the underdog artwork we'll see now we know that on the underdog album artwork he was trying to save the guy right who was being drowned by the cinder block. Right, but this... Oh, oh right. right. It's a full circle. Like, That's the, now, Yeah, now yeah. like 30 years later, right. you're like, what What was that guy doing on that <laughs> underdog album artwork? And then you see this, like, oh, shit, he was saving that guy. Right. Awesome. <laughs> and you have you have a shirt with that artwork on it that's one of, my, one of my favorite shirts. Yeah, it barely covers the bottom of my stomach, which is... Um, it sucks because yeah. I really like that shirt, but I, I gotta shirt. I gotta pull it and pull it when I put it on and make sure that it goes down past the bottom of my stomach. Because as a big guy and a tall guy, they make tall and skinny shirts, right? And they make short and fat shirts, but they don't make anything in between, right? Not really. Um, then next up, we have got the Touchheads. We listened to the first Touchheads demo on here a while back. Nostalgia is poison was really great. We enjoyed it a lot. This is a new three-song release called Try to Get Some Sleep. This was sent to me by one of the members of the band. Um, there was an Instagram post that we looked at before we started uh, recording this episode that calls into question the continued existence of the Touch Hats. Yeah. It was very... It was very unclear. I'm not sure if the implication there was that they were breaking up or playing their last show. I really 
couldn't decipher the meaning. How of it. long ago was this sent in to us? A week, not even a week. I would have to assume that they've resurrected Christ-like from the grave. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, because I really that, don't know. that Instagram post was from a while ago, like three weeks, three or four weeks ago. Yeah, but they recorded and released this re- demo in like the beginning of December. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of mixed signals here. I don't know what the truth Maybe is. Maybe the touch heads are still out there. If you still are, let us know. Yeah, indeed. Send us a signal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call us. Or just send us another email with the answer to that question. Right. And then last, we have got End It with One Way Truck. This is a Baltimore uh, band on Flat Spot Records. The description is End It walks the path that their Baltimore fo- forefathers paved. Oh, your phone's going off. Very unprofessional. Wow. <laughs> um, musically influenced by Gut Instinct, Maximum Penalty, and Absolution. I like all those bands a lot, uh, while also pay- play- paying homage to New York's Neglect. Both like Neglect a lot, mm-hmm. and it is sonically reminiscent of the golden era of that harder early 90s East Coast sound and with lyrics that are unapologetically real oh, and influenced right. by the likes of Neglect and Next Step Up. Okay, okay. Come on. Unapologetically real. Come on. That, may, that makes me think they're going to be talking about the fucking streets. Just like just like that uh, write-up about the band was unapologetically real. <laughs> so that's all we got in the queue this week. Let's roll the dice to see what's up first. Okay. Four. Four is Victory Garden. It is victorygardenli.bandcamp.com. The release is Madeline. As far as I can tell, this is their first first release. It was compared uh, for contemporary bands. It was compared to, um, I think they compared it to like maybe Mill Spec hmm. and End on End and some okay. of the other more melodic stuff that's coming out right now. Yeah. I liked that last, the... Uh, the mil spec seven inch from last year a lot. Yeah, I didn't like the newer mil spec stuff. The newer stuff I was listening to the other day, and it was not sitting as well in my ears. In fact, yeah. at one point it was just you know random fucking Spotify. Yeah, you know whatever so and so's radio, right? Sure. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And went over and looked at it. And I was like, oh, it's mil spec, and I felt like I should like it. Uh huh. But I kind of didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't really like that new release. Like I, I was like, oh, it's Millspec. Of course I like this. But then I thought, you know what? I didn't know who this was prior to hearing it. Right. And I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. so I think that says something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yo, no hate to that band. I, I hope that they're doing well. I really liked that 7-inch, oh, what was it, Changes. Mm. I thought it was really good. Um but the, yeah, the most recent release just didn't didn't sit well with me. But it sat well with a lot of other people, so God bless. Yeah. The first song on here is a self or is not a self titled track, rather, it's but the, it, it is the title, title track. track. Um, do we just want to listen to that? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, cool. So we are going to listen to Madeline by Victory Garden off of their seven inch Madeline.
That was the song Madeline by Victory Garden off of their release, Madeline. Uh, I want to like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess sonically I do. Mm-hmm. Right? We both sort of, obviously this is like, remind us both of a lot of a veil. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brain is broken. Right? <laughs> that should be clear to any longtime listener of yeah. the show. <laughs> we talk about the, the, the way that, that, that life breaks you. Sure. And the way that the, when, as the years go by... I think there's a few different routes you can go. Uh-huh. Um, you can become the sort of like nostalgic buffoon with a loving family. And if that makes you happy, that's cool. Right. Right. You can become sort of like the, the bitter, ah, oh, the kids ain't the same. Sure. You know, fucking bozo. Right. Me, I, I uh, have lost the ability to feel a wide range of emotion. <laughs> I, I am essentially a Janus head of... Uh, bitter mockery and laughter uh-huh. and barely contained rage. <laughs> and so on one side of my face is this smirking sneer as I cynically sort of tear down the world around me and laugh at the uh, misery that entails. Uh-huh. And the other side of my head, my Janice head that is, is uh, a tight-lipped, clenched-jawed face of absolute fury. At right. the injustice in the world and how it will never be solved. Sure. And I, 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 I have, I think, I think by now, if, if everything's going according to plan, successfully killed everything in between. <laughs> now that said, uh-huh. I am going to listen to the rest of this and try to rekindle those fires because <laughs> hearing that reminded me of something that I've lost. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I want to rekindle it. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I like this. I was a little skeptical. Uh-huh. Um, 
I was a little skeptical of the clean cut layout for the art. Sure. The name Victory Garden. I thought it was going to be. Maybe it is. This song didn't. I haven't listened to the rest of the album, so I'll report back later. Right. But I thought this was going to be some fucking bullshit, mm-hmm. fucking greatest generation nut stroking, right. you know, horse shit. Looking backwards and you know, whatever. There seems to be like this, this like American pride vein that runs through a lot of hardcore. Sure. That I thought this was going to fall into. Right. Um, that shit can go straight into the fucking trash can <laughs> next to country music and racist fucking assholes and everything else. Like that, I, 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 it is absurd to be proud of things that you didn't accomplish and to be like super proud of where you live. Yeah, it's fuck off. Yeah, it's completely absurd. Right. You are, we, and, and I'm not trying to guilt anybody here, but we are quite literally standing upon the bones of the conquered so that we can sit in this podcast, in in this basement and right. podcast, right? Sure. So don't fucking wave your flag at me. Right. Right? Yeah, I'm in at that. At least that streak is still alive in me. I think that's probably, depending upon who's waving that flag, you're either going to get the, the, the vicious mockery side uh-huh. or the clenched jaw side. Sure. Right? I got off the list in the Victory Garden. I like this on the surface. Yeah. And it definitely, like, rekindled a fire inside of me. I was like, wait a second. I remember what it was like to feel. <laughs> right? Well, I think that's that speaks very highly of what the band achieved with yeah, that track. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, I remember what it, felt, it was like to feel good. Right. And it was like to feel just happy and light on my feet <laughs> and just want to, like, listen to some good music that made me feel something other than bad. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh... I gotta say, I fucking loved that song, and it is really rare that something like that hits me, and I love it. If it's done well, uh, usually the best I can say about that kind of stuff is like, yeah, I wasn't offended by that. Pretty good. I probably wouldn't put it on, but, you know, not bad. This, I actually really, really loved. It evoked notes of avail for me in a way that very few bands do. That was in the description that was sent to us by Ryan McGrath, longtime listener and Patreon subscriber to the show. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan sent us a list of bands. This is just one that I picked out of like seven or eight bands that he sent for us right. to check out. Um, yeah, this was really fucking great. When he described it as leaning into a veil, I read that with a certain degree of skepticism just because it's rare that I hear bands actually pull that off effectively. Right. But the way that they kind of fell into that that bouncy groove halfway through the song, I yep. was like, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an avail part." That's that's that was really good. That's like like satiate era avail, right. you know Which what I mean? Might be my favorite avail record. Oh yeah, it's so it's because it has so much just like youthful exuberance yeah, and energy yeah, to yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, man, those like we said, I think the last episode. Yeah, we did. Yeah, like those first four avail sure, records. Sure, Dixie over the James, all those yeah, records are from satiate great. over James. Yeah, I mean, you can't fuck with those. Sure. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, I felt that. And, and and I don't know, like, Avail's a tough band to step to, too, because they were kind of a singular thing in sure. their era. Right, exactly. And they still are. Yeah. Right? Yep. You're right. And so a lot, a lot of bands have a hard time pulling it off without sounding like a copycat mm-hmm. and also sounding genuine and fresh. Right, exactly. This like this didn't come off as corny, but like one step over the line and it could. Oh, this was teetering on it. It was teetering on this it. This was teetering on like, I don't know if I want to put the windows down and jam this right now. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. This isn't the kind of fucking neighborhood I want to fucking jam over something like this. <laughs> sure, yeah. That's this is this is open highway music. Right. Right? Yep, exactly. But it was teetering on that edge. Right, for right? sure. 100%. 
percent. Uh, but again, the fact that they managed to fucking pull it off because it is such a tightrope walk, I think speaks volumes about the quality of the shit. I really want to listen to the rest of this release because that was really fucking good. Um, worth noting that there are members of the band Backtrack in this band. Really good. A, a, a New York hardcore pillar for the last decade plus that recently played their last show. Members of another Long Island band called Hangman who are really good. Worth checking out if you like heavier hardcore stuff. Um, and then I think members of another band called Capital that I've actually not checked out. But uh, it's, it's clear that the people in this band have spent the last decade doing other bands yeah, because it, this, this is, is not a first effort band. This is obviously not your first go around. Right. So uh, yeah, that was pretty masterfully executed mm-hmm. as far as music in that genre goes and like I said it's very rare that now at you know a week and a half away from being 30 that I give a shit about anything that sounds remotely like this and this has me actually wanting to listen to the rest of the release so and speaking of mastered I don't know if you noticed who mastered this was it Willie Killy? It was Jesse. It was uh, Jesse Cannon. So, oh, okay. shout out to Jesse Cannon pulling some of that work away from Willie Killy. <laughs> there you go. We'll give give a little work you to gotta, Jesse. You got to fucking and claw and grab everything you can get, and uh, I'm glad it's working for you. <laughs> so let's, uh, yo. So yeah, shout out to Victory Garden. That shit was really fucking cool. Again, the fact that that you even managed to rekindle some sort of desire to seek oh, out human out emotion. Oh, it's, 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 gone, already, it's gone, gone already. It's gone now? That fire snuffed out. Okay, well, even, well, you know what? Maybe we'll put it, up, put it on on the way down to Richmond. It sank back below the black waters. <laughs> well, even the fact that they pulled it up for a second. Yeah. Shout out to you it, for it, that. It was like a ship salvage, but right. the chains broke. <laughs> Let's roll the dice and see what's up next. Three. All right, three is Slugger. The Bandcamp is Slugger, hcjpn.bandcamp.com. This is their demo 2019. It came out in November of last year. Mm. The artwork is... Low effort. Very low effort, <laughs> yeah. it's a. But it's a, I know as they are from Japan, so it doesn't seem as low effort coming at us with, with MLB-like themed artwork. Right, because it's it's even though baseball's huge in Japan, sure, you know what I mean. If this were like an American band, you'd be like, "Oh, fuck off!" Right, exactly. Right away. But since it's yeah, since it's Japanese, it's like, well, this isn't. It's not. It's not representative of your own culture, like an MLB <laughs> right. based artwork. Because that's what I was gonna say. So it's like the MLB dude in the sh- and the artwork is in the shape of like a baseball base, home base. Yes, home base. Um, the the you know the font is just basic impact font but yeah i guess through a different cultural lens it does seem a little bit less low effort right um do we just want to listen to the second song because the first song the first track on here is an intro yeah that's bullshit um i mean i don't i wouldn't say it's bullshit per se because we open our record with an intro yeah but but it's it goes directly into the next track and it's on the same track for the purposes of our show an intro is bullshit we don't need it so let's go ahead and listen to condor which is the second song off of the demo 2019 by the band slugger
All right, that was the song Condor by the band Slugger from Japan off of their demo 2019. And uh, that was not beat down in any way. Uh, it wasn't good either. It wasn't terrible. Uh, it was. It was terrible. I didn't like that at all. If if that were a local band playing that hardcore, uh-huh. you'd be like, this is fucking clown shit, guys. Come on. I wouldn't say it was clown shit. I would just say, fine first effort. Better luck next time. Yeah. I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, this is the sort of thing where you're like, don't do this anymore. Listen to more hardcore and right. do better. Sure. It, it, it was definitely... It seemed like it was drawing from too much modern influence for me to give a shit about. You know what I mean? It, like It sounded like a video game interpretation of hardcore. <laughs> kind of. Like, the riff was... Like, the main riffs were just, like, super not mean no, at all. No, they weren't mean at all. There was nothing nasty about it. It just sounded like, you know, either like on a turn-based RPG <laughs> where you're like, you know, I don't know, fighting some fucking skinheads in a park. Yeah. Right? Or like a side-scroller, like platform sort of thing. Right. Um, me, yeah. That's, it was, it was that's, like a facsimile of hardcore. Yeah, it was a facsimile of hardcore. Right. It wasn't MIDI. Sure. It was like a couple steps up from MIDI. <laughs> okay. I didn't feel like it was terrible. Like I said, I didn't hate this. It just, it made me feel no way at all. It was a fine first effort if these are young kids and this is their first thing. I mean, this is the first release by this band, certainly. Like I said, if these are young people and this is their first band, yo, that's pretty good effort. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's it, it ain't there yet, at least based on this song. I, this sounds like a hardcore band that would play on one of those, like, America got ta- America's Got Talent shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and like, how we... Uh, Howie Mandel would be like, mm, and he'd get his like mosh face on and kind of like bang his head like he knows what he's fucking listening to. Right. And like he would look over at Christina Aguilera and she'd like have the horns up for some fucking reason because she's a fucking <laughs> idiot with no pedigree and has literally no business making the sign of Moloch in any situation. Right? Uh-huh. That's what this sounds like. This sounds like the hardcore band that you would see in some fucking talent you know, reality show on TV. It does sound like talent show and, hardcore. And, and the crowd yeah. would go wild for him because they're pandering to him just because right. they're from Japan. Right. Right? <laughs> right, right. Right? Oh, yeah, it's the best thing I've ever heard. Hardcore's <laughs> the best. Woo! You know? And, like, some other fucking country singer that's on the show would, would give him a thumbs up. Right? But they wouldn't make it past the second round. Right. <laughs> They just give them that moment, that that fifteen minutes. Just of that one moment, right? Yeah. Or they, or, or like they would just be like, you know, they wouldn't make it past the second round, or they'd just be like one person that has to shit on it, right? Um, not because they're speaking truth, but that's because that's their job on the show, right. kind of like mine. Sure, <laughs> but I think you are speaking truth, right? Well, you're I speaking your truth. I didn't like this. This was bullshit. Um, like I said, I didn't think this was full on bullshit. It just was whatever. It was a fine first effort. Nothing about it offended me, but nothing about it captured me in any sort of way. Other than that little kind of bouncy riff was I, but it went on way too fucking long at the end. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, same thing I would say to a local band if they were doing this. Stop it. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. That's not what I would say at all. What I would say is, hey. Good try. Better luck next time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe Slugger will have a little bit more to offer on their next release. If the rest of the demo is anything like this, this ain't doing shit for me, but I'm not mad at it, and I hope kids are having a good time with it. That's all I can say for yeah. it. Fair enough. I mean, when I look at the picture of them playing, uh-huh. it's hard to say, but they're playing on the stage. Uh, they look like they're fucking rock stars, man. <laughs> but you're saying that literally just because there's lights behind them. Uh, there's lights behind them. They're on a stage. They've got the guitar, the guitar player and the bass player have matching postures, so there's probably some choreographed shit going on right there. 
Um, there's a there's so. a banner behind the drummer. Uh-huh. I don't think it's a banner for the band, though. I think it is. No, it is not. It doesn't say slugger anywhere on the banner. That's how you spell it over there. No, that's... <laughs> you spell it still using the Cyrillic alphabet w- with different letters. Yeah. Mm, interesting. That's an interesting interpretation of how language works. Yeah. Um, so actually, I think that the picture of them playing live just speaks to the differences between punk and hardcore here and in Japan and in many other countries. Because I've had a lot of international folks tell me that like the kind of the the house show scene oh, yeah, that we yeah, have yeah, here yeah. is something that is like explicitly American, right? Because all of the footage that I see of hardcore and punk shows over there, they're all happening at clubs, right? Well, whenever we would have bands over at the house that were like. You know, we we got a bunch of Scandi bands that came through sure. and like European bands and stuff. And this shit never that shit never no. happened over there. Nope. I, like I've heard that from a lot of my German friends. Yeah. Like all the shows that I see of them playing, it's all in clubs and stuff. And they're just like, yo, we just don't have right. Like I don't know if they're I don't know if they're the layout of their cities just isn't conducive to it. If it's just specifically cultural, it's probably I really laws don't know. too. I, I think sure. I remember like. We had a band from Germany, um, Tangled Lines played, and we were talking about that. And there's like a bunch of laws about it, too. It's, right. it's difficult to get away with it. Sure. Right on. Um, so, yeah. On that note, let's move on to the next thing. Not mad at you, Slugger, but uh, also don't care about what you did. Yep. I'm sure somebody does, though, so props. Slug off. <laughs> Eight. Okay. Eight is End It. The Bandcamp is flatspotrecords.bandcamp.com. This is uh, one of the more recent releases on here. Because it uh, just came out January 17th, so 10 days ago as of the time of the recording of this podcast. This is a four-song 7-inch, I believe. Um, well, at least I, I don't know if it's 7-inch. Um, I'm only seeing on here a link to download the record digitally. But Flat Spot Records is a genuine record label, so I would assume this has a physical release. Maybe you can just find it at Flat Spot Records' website. I really don't this, know. This is interesting because... <clears throat> I don't actually, well, Trapped Under Ice, right? Sure. Um, I've heard of, but almost none of these bands we've ever heard of. So this could either be good or bad, you know? It mean, um, it mean, well, Flat Spot, Flat, Flat Spot put out the last Rule of Mall 7-inch, which is really good. Um, I like Section Hate. You would probably dislike Section Hate a lot. I like them a lot. Um, Hangman, who I just mentioned. Yeah, okay. Flat, uh, they put out uh, but the Hangman 7-inch. This is really good. This is most likely a sound that I'm just not very familiar with. Probably. Because uh, I don't pay attention to it, which probably means I don't like it. <laughs> or you just don't know. They put out um, a bunch of black, uh, backtrack releases, who I just mentioned. Yeah. They put out uh, a candy a candy single. Candy is fucking great. One of my favorite young bands playing as, right as now. As I scroll down to their older releases, I see some other bands that I recognize. Sure. Um, so what song do we want to listen to off of this? They're all short, so I'm into that. I mean, um, the opening song is 49 seconds. The second song is 52 seconds. We could just listen to the one-two punch of the first two songs on the on the release. Oh, yeah, but man, you know which one I'm looking at. What, one-way track? Lifer. Lifer? I don't know. I, let's, let's, let's just listen to the first two songs, because they're opening up. That's what they're opening the 7-inch with. Okay. You think all they're right. going to try let's, and fucking... Let's, let's the side a, a chance right? to impress. Sure. Let's not... Just go for the fucking kidneys right away. Right, yeah. So let's listen to the, uh, presumably, if this is indeed a 7-inch, what was would presumably be the side A of this? I don't really know. Well, yeah, this is... Uh, it, It'd be a short side A. It's so. not a 7-inch I would buy, given the song length. Sure. Um, so we are going to listen to Hardhead and HTF by End It off of their release One Way Track.
We just heard Hardhead and HTF, which we learned stands for Harder They Fall, by End It off of their 7-inch one-way track, and I was very pleasantly surprised by that. Uh, we both were. Yeah. I have to say a little bit of the old man crept out before getting into this, but mm-hmm. um, I like that. That was uh, not usually right up my alley. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to a ton of stuff like that, but as we both pointed out, they did not overstay their welcome on either of those songs. Right. And if you're going to play something that is sort of jump the fuck up, East Coast style hardcore like that. Mm-hmm. Keep it fucking short. For Keep sure. it interesting. Yep. And like, I like Rival Mob. That wasn't fucking, but a couple steps away from that. Right. Exactly. I think. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing is like, there are a lot of bands that, especially Boston area bands that manage to incorporate that sort of like groovy New York hardcore style stuff into the a more traditional Boston sound. And Rival Mob is a perfect example of that. And they did a really good job, I think, of highlighting the way that the bridge between those two worlds of, like, Boston-style hardcore and groovier New York hardcore is actually a pretty short bridge. Yeah. And it's easy to to meld those two worlds if you have musicians that are competent and can do it. And this is another example of that in which I think there's definitely, like, some classic hardcore there, especially in the song lengths, the speed of the second song. But undeniably, it's influenced by, as they mentioned in their description— the early 90s sort of bouncier, heavier end of East Coast hardcore, but they did it in a way that is just like... Fun and interesting. Exactly. And again, fucking short. Yep. As this shit should be. Yeah, like, yeah. I If if those tracks were like three and a half, three minutes long... I'd get bored of shit. Nope. Yeah. End it fucking... End it. End right? it. Like, I would be like, begging like, them to end let's it. Let's get to the fucking point. Right. But these, these tracks did not fuck around. I suspect that the other two don't either. Maybe one-way track has a little bit of, like, something different in it or something like sure. that. But, yeah, I I actually really like that. That was a lot of fun. That yeah. would be a ton of fun to see fucking live. Yeah. And um, that's one of those ones where it's like, so we talked about dancing last episode. Uh-huh. That's a perfect example. Those songs are short enough that everybody can get their fill. Yeah. You can fucking dance. You can fucking rage. You can creep around. Yep. You can do everything. Everybody can get their fill in something like that. For sure. Nobody's waiting around to move. Right. Everybody's got something to fucking move to the whole time. Yep. For sure. Yeah. That was like, shit. I, I, I don't say it often, but that was pretty perfectly that done hardcore. Caught me by surprise. That was pretty perfectly done hardcore. I am really pleasantly surprised by that. Because, again, with the description of, you know, being, you know, unapologetic, blah, 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 blah. They indeed were unapologetic. But in a way that I, when it, my reading of it initially was like, ah, this is going to be some cornball. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. street tough type yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 But this was just, like, really fucking yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, Like, it was going to be fucking no fun from the street boner right. gang or exactly. something, right? right? My nuts are full of testosterone. <laughs> you crossed me the last time. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, exactly. Fuck off. And so this band has been on my radar the last few days just because on social media I saw people, uh, I guess they, they recently played a, what looked like a pretty stacked lineup in, in Baltimore, and uh, I saw a bunch of people posting footage from the show and stuff and just saying, yo, and it's that fucking band. Like, and it is fucking awesome. Everybody should pay attention to this band. They're killing it. And, uh, 
Indeed. Yo, I, indeed they are. I Typically, I don't take the reportage of uh, the internet hardcore river pool as uh, anything to base an opinion off of. But in this case, they were right. This, this shit is really fucking good, and I would love to see this live. Did you see the comment? The, like, the, under the supported by area? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Damn, so fresh and right. Z crisp as shiz. <laughs> You gum obtuved send much respect. Strat ear porn XXX. <coughs> so there's a perfect example of ways in which old guys, you, and, and this will happen to the young people too, uh-huh. things leave you. <laughs> right? That, that irritates me looking at that. <laughs> at that comment? Yeah. The fact that like people try to communicate like that makes me want to fucking ice this planet. Well, that seems just like the ramblings of a semi-literate cave person. I hope it is, man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you right now, if I were to find out that my niece and nephews communicated in such <laughs> a gibberish fashion, uh-huh. they'd taste the steel next time I see them. <laughs> now, what does that mean? They'd fucking find out, <laughs> wouldn't they? Right, right. We they'd uh, you know, guys, come here. I need to I need to talk to you. <laughs> then whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. happens. <laughs> right. Okay. It's gonna be a, a, a battle royale <laughs> between two fourteen-year-olds, a sixteen-year-old girl, and a forty-three-year-old man. <laughs> uh, sounds like a, sounds like a uh, punishable offense. <laughs> only if they find you. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's send let's send ended. <laughs> I can't I can't even pull it together after that. Let's uh, let, let's give ended a good send off. Give him one last shout out real quick before we move on to the next thing and say, like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised yeah. by that. That shit was really fucking good. I would like to pick up that seven inch, and I would very much like to see that live. That Definitely was killed awesome. it. Yep. Let's uh, let's see what's up next. Five. Five is Mr. Wrong. The Bandcamp is mrwrongwitches.bandcamp.com. They are a band from Portland, Oregon. As I said at the top of the episode, this was sent to us by our homie Adam Walker, who is a man of immaculate taste, and uh, described this as Devo worship, so shit. Okay. I'm fucking stoked for that. Uh, What do we want to listen to? I don't know. This is a nine-song release. Looks Mm -hmm. to be a a full-length 12-inch. Um, so we, we could we could listen to any number of songs off of this. Let's listen to uh, number six, Not For You. Okay. Not too long, not too short. Minute 21. You know. Oh, well, actually, no. Let's go in with Nuclear Generation. They're, they're, they're right. They're, it's not the title track, but as we always say, you want to put your best up front. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Okay, cool. So we're going to listen to the first track off of the record, Nuclear Generation, by Mr. Wrong off of their LP, Create a Place.
All right, that was the first track off of Create a Place by Mr. Wrong, Nuclear Generation. Nate? Uh, Devo Warship is 100% correct. Yes, it is. Um, it's pretty good. I've heard better bands doing this right now. Mm-hmm. If this were the first band I'd heard doing this right. in a minute, sure, I would be all about it. Right. But I've heard a lot of bands doing something just like this mm. better. Sure. And so I don't know where I sit on this because I like it, but... I also recognize that uh, it's lacking in a lot of ways. Fair enough. Like, to me. Like, you know what I mean? Compared to some some other bands that I've heard that are doing a similar style. Sure. I mean, we only heard one track, and it was a pretty short one at that. It was a short one. Minute 25. I, I will check out the rest of the EP. Right. Uh, or whatever. No, it's LP. an LP. Yes. Yeah, I will check out the rest songs. of the 12-inch. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sold on buying it. I'll put it that, to you that way. Sure. Fair enough. I, I feel that. I wouldn't buy this... Uh, based on the strength of this track alone, immediately I would definitely want to hear a few other songs from this first. As you mentioned, there are a lot of bands that are doing stuff in this vein right now, which, as we have mentioned on previous episode, episodes, is pretty fucking refreshing because it is not a thing that has been uh, revisited in the last couple decades, really. There, I mean, there just hasn't been bands doing like Devo Worship in this era or, and, and that um, specific iteration of sort of spastic, weird, post-punk, new wave kind of stuff. Right. There's been a dearth of those bands over the last 20 years. And then in the last few years, there has been an uptick in those number of bands uh, that have just sort of, I think, spun off into a zillion other bands. Uh, and now there's sort of a concentrated scene of bands doing stuff like this, which is cool. But as you mentioned, yeah, sure, it does raise the bar. It raises the bar, and it maybe requires a little, I mean, I don't know, more uh, a more complete sound sure you know so, what I mean? or something to like set you apart from the something other bands that are doing you, it set you apart yeah right i mean when you have bands like fucking coneheads and cctv and shit right like fuck right it's, it's hard to keep up with that right and 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 uh but i mean no shade it's just they're swimming in a, they're swimming in a, in a big pool right now right for sure as you mentioned if this was the first band that i heard doing this in a few years i would be ecstatic about it yeah i would buy this immediately if i'd have heard this like four years ago sure five years ago right yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, again, no shade on this band whatsoever. I thought this stuff was quite good. It's just that the bar's high. There's a lot of bands doing stuff like this right now, and uh, it takes a little extra je ne sais quoi to stand out from the crowd. But I do want to listen to the rest of this. The song was strong enough to make me want to check out the rest of the LP, which is more than I can say about 99.9% of music that I hear. So it's already you know made the cut in terms of being like actually good. I'd really like to see them live. Uh-huh. I mean, depending on what they do, looking at the picture, and you know, they're all wearing... Uh, trash bags, sure, and they look uh, trashy, right. just sort of like you know weirdos. Yeah, and I'm all about sure. people being fucking weirdos. Indeed. Uh, so I, it would be dope if there was like a stage show that matched at least the aesthetic that they're putting forward. I agree with that for sure. You yeah, know? if it was like spastic and weird. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. I I I'm down for stuff like this. Um, the live aspect to be performance art as much as it is absolutely musical you know yeah for sure i think in in fact it's one of the rare instances in in which i think that actually really enhances the experience of the music um because if you're going to be weird just go all in don't don't post right just fucking do it right get weird do something different make me remember you right right i mean in, in all ways the band should look to perform Sure. I, I really don't like it when the band is basically everybody's just sort of looking at each other. Right. And everybody, it's almost like they're too shy to stand in front of everybody sure. and do anything. Right. People come to see you. Right. right. 
give them something to fucking look at. I agree with that entirely. Right. Showmanship is not a thing that uh, people should shy away from within the context of punk and hardcore music. We've talked about it before. We talked about the lack of showmanship and and how it's kind of missing how in those classic first wave punk bands that was there like you look at the fucking damned or something right, right. i mean the first damned record neat 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 you can't get any more fucking bare bones and like fierce to the point punk rock than right. that you can see how those songs influence the wave of fucking hardcore punk bands that would come 3 3 4 years later but nonetheless one of the I mean, immaculate showmanship within that band right. at the same time. Right. So those two things can coexist. Uh, don't think that showmanship is uh, equivalent to, I don't know, poserdom or whatever. You know, I, don't, I don't know. There's, I think there's just like, a, there's like a, an idea that it's, it's false or yeah, something. Well, I th- I, I, yeah, definitely false, um, maybe for some sects. Sure. I think for a lot of the, like the uh, more, um, I guess, testosterone-fueled right. brands of hardcore it's for pussies, maybe? Maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, we're here to be serious and talk sure. about our fucking, you know, beefs and stuff and, like, right. you know, yell at each other. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's no time for fucking joking around and having a good time. Sure. There's always time for joking around and having a All, good time. Well, There's we, always time for, like, giving people something more to look at than your fat fucking ass <laughs> right. in a hoodie. Sure. You know, doubled over yelling into a mic. Well, we talked about Rival Mob earlier on the show for a moment, and there aren't many bands that make me want to just whoop somebody's ass quicker than Rival Rival Mob does. Their live shows, though, that's showmanship. Homeboy is a funny motherfucker. I yeah. watched footage of, I mean, again... That's a dude who's had experience over the years being in many great bands, so he's had a lot of practice. But I watched footage of them playing in England in, like, 2014, and they do a Blitz cover on, like, one of their demos or Seven Inch or something, right? And the whole fucking night, he keeps saying, like, all right, this next one's a cover, because, like, everyone's expecting the Blitz cover to happen. He says it, like, five times, and they never do the cover. Not for the entire set. Yeah. And it's great. It's fucking funny. It's a good recurring bit. He, like, pretends to slip on stage and shit, yeah. right? You know what I mean? The music's still making me want to fucking kick ass right. and is hard and good right. and urgent, but there's still a degree of showmanship there, and they coexist perfectly in the same space. It makes the band much more interesting yep. and captivating and interactive. Sure. Right? Well, yo, you want a perfect fucking example of that? Like, look at fucking Sheer Terror. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, his stage banter at this point is as famous, if not more so, than their fucking music. And I love Shutera's music, but, like, without Paul Bearer's presence, that band wouldn't be the same band. Right. Or, or some, or like, Choke from fucking Slapshot and, like, Negative Effects, right? Negative Effects, great fucking band, but, like, almost a stronger legacy than their music was them playing that fucking, quote-unquote, last mission of Burma show the fucking Mission of Burma fans and the sound guys trying to shut it off and fucking choke with jeans pulled up to his fucking armpits in a hockey jersey. Wait, gonna stop? Fuck you. Right. And just going straight into right. Mike Makes Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that level of fucking showmanship is what makes those bands. Right. And also bringing, like, the antagonism and sure. bringing the tension and bringing, like, just an air of, of like, I don't say menace, but just... Static sure. to the entire room, right? Whether not, now, obviously, the people in this band shouldn't be up there fucking. All right, motherfuckers, right, you know right, what I mean? And right, like sure. throwing a dead fish at somebody sure. in the crowd. Well, maybe throwing a dead fish. Yeah, but that definitely have cool. like definitely have like 
a thing going, not right. only with their look and their sound, right. but like in how they present it. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. And that would be fun. That I mean that that would that that would make it or break it for me. Like I'd be like, okay, this is a pretty good band. I'd be like, okay, this is a dope fucking band. Right. Agreed. Right. This is a dope band. Yes. And you know, we talked about the feeders on the last Patreon episode, mm-hmm. or maybe has it been posted? Yeah, yeah, it's been. Yeah, posted, the yeah. last Patreon episode, and uh, like, <laughs> dude brought out a fucking. AK-47. Right. No, no, an AR-15 loaded with blanks and fired it out over the crowd. Right. Right? And honestly, you can't get away with that anymore. Sure. Right? For, you get, for, right. Yeah, which is reasonable. You yeah. probably get a bunch of fucking don't tread on me's pulling guns thinking <laughs> they can finally get to be the hero. The hero they've always wanted to be and murder somebody. Um, so, like, you know, you probably have that. But, like, holy <sighs> shit, can you imagine? Right. How fucking awesome would that be? Yeah. Incredible. Not, on the, not only on the delivery, but also on the receiving end. Sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Talk. Yes. Yeah. Right? I'd never forget that. Right. Well, I still never forget when, <laughs> when uh, we were playing a basement show with one of Alex Stinson's bands, and he dropped his bass mid-set to run around the basement and menace everyone with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking great, dude. Yeah. He fucking, like, with a, a wild grin on his face, just going up to everybody, just brandishing a knife at them and grinning in yeah. their face. I was like, that's fucking great. Yeah. That's perfect. That's just what I come to these spaces for. Put a little showmanship into it. You right. know, it, it entertain me. Right. Especially. Especially if you're a standalone vocalist. Yeah, big time. Right? Right. If you don't have anything other to do than yell on a mic, yeah. homie, you are the most disposable person in the band if you aren't fucking doing something to give the band a persona. Right. If you're just standing there and fucking doing so- like doing nothing other than yelling to a mic, right. you are the most disposable member of the band. Agreed. And that's the only thing I can do in a band. Sure. So try to do something else. You right. know what I mean? Right. Anyway, next. Yeah. Anyway, that's we deviated from talking about Mr. Wrong a little bit and kind of branched pretty good. off. But would like to hear more. Stuff. We'll yeah. listen to the rest. Would love to see him live. Hope they deliver. For sure. Let's uh, roll the dice, see what's up next. One. Okay. I was hoping that we'd get around to this because it seems very weird. Is this, this is the Japanese one? Yeah, Otoboke Beaver. The band, I had it pulled up earlier. Okay. Yeah, the band is otobokebeaver.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Um, I was hoping we'd land on this too. Boy, do I like that artwork. The I was, artwork I was is looking great. at I was looking at this while you were like discussing the bands we were going to be listening to. Yeah, and I was I was given a deep dive into like what they're presenting on their page because there's a lot of bullshit on this fucking Bandcamp right. page. Um, a lot of text. A lot of text. So uh, the artwork the artwork is is, is, awesome. is awesome. It's like it's so it looks like. What you could class as like a Japanese salary man, like a crude illustration yeah. of like a Japanese Honestly, salary I man. Honestly, I thought it was a pink hippopotamus. Yeah, <laughs> until too. I realized yeah, those hair. are yeah, and the the what look like ears on his head are actually the hands of yeah. the women, who I assume are the women in the band who are surrounding him on all sides with their tongues out, licking him as he sweats. Yeah, and they've got like those big sparkly eyes. Yeah, um, I cannot pronounce the name of this uh, release with any sort of. Well, competence, I, I don't imagine, but the I think English it's, is don't call me Mojo. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's what the slash is. So it's just a single. Yobantoiti Mojo. Yobantoiti Mojo. Whatever. Yeah, I can't. Hey, right. I don't speak Japanese. I don't speak Japanese. Um, 
So that's the only song that we got on this uh, particular release. So let's just listen to it. There's lyrics too, but they're in Japanese. Oh, oh, but there's actually an English translation there. I appreciate the effort to translate all this stuff into English. That's cool. Yeah, I wonder how many bands are actually translating their shit into other languages for other people to read. Probably, probably no one. Probably not. Um, so let's go ahead and listen to Don't Call Me Mojo by Otoboke Beaver. Otoboke Beaver with their song Don't Call Me Mojo and that was definitely the most distinctly Japanese thing that we have heard on this show. Yes. And it was fucking awesome. I yeah. loved every second of it. It was super rad. When Tim sent it over, he described it as having some Riot Girl influence. Okay, I heard that obviously. at parts. Obviously. In, in, in the translation for the lyrics, I could see it. Sure. Yep. Right? Um, he also mentioned subhumans, which when this was first starting, I was like, how could this possibly arrive as subhumans? And then it went into that very distinctly punk part. Right. That I was like, okay, yeah, this could has a subhumans-y vibe, I guess. You could draw that parallel. It was fucking awesome, though. Like I said, it was distinctly Japanese. This could not exist anywhere else in the world. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that. Jap- Japan has, like, such a such a unique culture and the lens through which they filter western music often yields some of the most interesting musical results like there was equal part parts devo in this as there were like early boredoms yeah you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. It, there was just there was a lot going on in this but it just worked really fucking well in my yeah. opinion yeah i'm glad you mentioned the boredoms too because yeah. i was thinking about that as well yeah and so, gathering what I could from reading the lyrics and the explanation of the song, a mojo, uh-huh. um, contrary to what we might take mojo to mean, right. means um, a uh, an undesirable woman. Right. A mojo is common internet slang used to denote a woman who is unpopular with men. 
So I think this song is basically like, you know, they're not living to be popular with men. Sure. And uh, I think uh, whatever, you know, like I said, something's lost translation, but the intent is clear. Sure. When you look at the translation. Right. This song also will make its official debut at midnight on October 24th, I'm assuming last year. Right. As the opening theme to Kansai TV's drama series, Susumu Inomata and Eight Mojo, a comedy starring, say, oh, whatever, comedy starring, starring some Japanese people. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Right. So like, this is a TV show show theme song that's why and that's another thing that so what is what is it what is the word where everything has to be cute in japan kawaii kawaii yeah the juxtaposition of kawaii and then like harsh right sort of like you know uh, violence Mm -hmm. or harsh sounds right and and the juxtaposition of those those two aesthetics can seem a little tiresome Mm mm-hmm it's 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 a long standing like thing that you know bleeds over into American culture now. Sure, you see it in tons of anime and stuff. Right, um, there's that, you know, there, there's some fucking anime about some fucking fox that's an office worker and then she goes and sings death metal. Right, it's on Netflix. Right, sure, and so it kind of seems a little played. Right, but. I think it only seems played because we're not living in we, we we don't like we don't get to see this see it at its source. Sure, you know what I mean. Like it's not part of our culture. It's right. It's uh it's an affectation that we like. Right. You know. Yes, and this didn't come off as. I mean, maybe it is because it's the theme song for a fucking show, but it didn't come off as contrived. No, I mean it, it definitely it it didn't it didn't seem contrived to me. Um, but like I said, I'm looking through it through a totally different lens. Right. But it also, like, it didn't, yeah, it, did, it just didn't seem like, oh, okay, here we go again. You know, cute girls singing aggressive music. And right. they start off real cute, and it gets real aggressive, and then, you know, right. whatever. That didn't seem, bo- like, boring no. listening to this. No. I really like this a lot. I liked the frenetic sure. chaos to it. Same. And I, you had mentioned, like, Japanese you know, their take on Western music and how they take it and they just fucking mix it all up. Mm-hmm. And they, they they take what they... Like, a lot of Japanese that, that pulls from Western music does it... They, 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 they pull out the best parts and amplify it. Sure. Right? Right. And, it, like, immediately I was thinking back to there's a Japanese band and I don't even know they're still around anymore. I've got a few releases by them that I really love. Um, this band, CSSO, Clotted mm-hmm. Symmetrical Sexual Organ. Okay. Virtually unknown. Right. And they've got, you know, I mean, they've got a ton of releases, mm-hmm. uh, but they're all sort of like this, where they'll pull from, like, death metal and weirdo fucking, like, jazz, like, Japanese-influenced jazz sure. and, like, you know, fucking jam band shit. Yeah. And they'll just put it into this blender that somehow fucking works. Right. And if an American band did that, i tell you to get fucked. Sure. <laughs> right. right. Yes. Get out of here with your fucking 12-string bass. Right. Shove it up your fucking ass. <laughs> right. Go home, right? Yeah. But for some reason, I've got way more tolerance when it's like what I think to be as like the originators of that sort of bullshit. Sure. And not somebody fucking copying it. I agree with that entirely. And so I mentioned boredoms in passing before. Um, If you liked this, early boredoms is not necessarily fully representative of what you just heard. This is way more put together and structured. But Pop Tatari by Boredoms is one of my favorite records of all time. They later turned into a, a very different sort of band. They're still around today. They've gone through a lot of different iterations and permutations. But their very early stuff, specifically the record Pop Tatari, is one of my favorite records ever. And it's got a similar vibe insofar as they will fall into like distinctly like 
pop influence melodies and then erupt into bursts of violent indecipherable noise yeah and that that the juxtaposition between the very sort of bouncy poppy element of this and the kind of jarring heavy shit that they go into it did remind me of early boredoms in that way but there are a lot of other things that are they're pulling from that are yeah, and yeah. I mean, of, of course, the most obvious is Mel Banana. Sure, I was going to just mention I mean, that. The most right. obvious is Mel Banana. If you like that, you will like Mel Banana's entire catalog. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, we, we saw Mel Banana a couple years ago with Melvin's and Napalm I've seen Death. seen a bunch of times, I, yeah. I saw him years and years ago when I was in high school. Did you see him with me in Bloomington? I don't think so. Who the hell was I with? Was I with Tiff? I might have been. Yeah. Anyway, we saw him in Bloomington, right and the vocalist, Yako, walked around in a big cat plushy suit all evening and no one knew it was her i mean obviously it's not normal to see that in you know what is it what what, what is the one venue um the bird oh the bluebird the bluebird yeah it's not normal in the bluebird to see somebody doing that right but i don't think but um you had to know it was one of the band members but you didn't know who right she walked around the entire because nobody else was around sure and she walked around the entire show getting pictures with people and selfies with people in this cat suit um, and then she just went up on stage and pulled the head off, and they fucking went off. So good, man. That band fucking rips. I yeah. love Melbourne Banana so much, and I never get tired of seeing them live. Yeah. But, yeah, that shit was awesome. I would like to hear more stuff by them because, again, since that was the theme song for a show, I'm kind of curious as to how representative that is of their sound overall. They have eight releases. So okay. um, this newest song is on a five-inch, one-sided five-inch, and you know how I am with little gimmicky records. Yeah, I love that shit. Boy, oh boy. Probably will. Um, probably will. Probably will purchase. Yes. Yeah, not enough. not this week. If it's still up in a couple weeks right. when uh, I've got some more money. Yes. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, that shit fucking ruled. I was uh, I was really pleasantly surprised by that. I'm not, not even pleasantly surprised, more like my expectations were met. Because when I saw the artwork for it and shit, I was like, oh, okay. Yep. I'm I'm I hope that I am into this and I was not disappointed. It was really fucking good. Let's uh let's do one more band tonight. We've gotten through 5. I think we got time for one more and then we got a few phone calls to get through. All right, 4. All right, 4 is Method. The Bandcamp is method i a h c.bandcamp.com. The release is Constant Wait. It is a 5-song EP. Like I said, this was sent over to uh to us by Nate, who is half of the label Head to Wall Records. Um, I don't know anything about this other than he hyped it up to me and said it was hardcore punk. Nate typically has really good taste and stuff, so I'm hoping this doesn't suck. I really like the artwork for it, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. Very reminiscent of the underdog artwork. What song do we want to listen to? They're all about a minute and a half long. None of them break. The the longest one on here is a minute 44, and it's the second song. Um, We can listen to the title track. It's the opening song of the record. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. So we're going to listen to Constant Wait by Method off of their release of the same name.
right, that was the song Constant Weight off of the release of the same name by the band Method from Des Moines, Iowa. I got no complaints about that. That's actually two bouncy New York bands, New York style bands that uh, I like tonight. Yes, yeah, they both did it right. Yep. Um, and I that's a style that I have said before generally does not sit with me. Right. Um, but that was fun. Yep. It wasn't as much fun as ended. Right. Um, it was a little more, uh, for lack of a better phrase, weep wompy and introspective. But it wasn't weep wompy at all. Sure. Just compared to like right. you know the fucking ignorance and fun of ended. Right. Um. But, uh, yeah, I like that. I would listen to that. I'll check out the rest of that record. There is absolutely no way that the dude that did the artwork for the cover of that record was not immediately inspired by The Vanishing Point. It's had to have been. Right? Had to have been. I mean, it's 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 like he tried to draw that. Right. Yes, and exactly. And he's like, I, I can't quite get it, but this will do it. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. You would... I, and if not, then that is a, a crazy thought of or a, a crazy instance of uh, parallel thinking. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but no, I, I like that a lot. Um, like I said, it wasn't weep wompy, introspective lyrics about you know the constant weight and how shit's getting them down. Sure, you know. But he didn't cry about it. Right. He didn't blame anybody else for it. Right. Right. In fact, I think uh, in the end he just said, "Fuck it, who gives a shit?" <laughs> right. <laughs> More or less. Right. That's a pretty. That's pretty good attitude to have yeah yeah so uh yeah i like that yeah it was sure it was really cool uh i one thing that really does it for me on releases like that is when the vocalist isn't trying to sound like a fucking hard dude yeah that sucks you know what i mean so that that and, and and it was the same way exactly right um, that's what made it fun. Right. If he was trying to, you know, put a little growl in there yep. and trying to drop his voice, you know, a few steps down lower. Right. Not into it, dude. Exactly. Not into it. No, see, that's the thing about this brand of like bouncy New York hardcore style stuff is like at its best when it's fucking fun. Right. And and that 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 the, the the vocals the way they're delivered that which is basically just his natural voice right um it denotes like a youthful fun to it exactly right yep it doesn't sound like you know a fucking like paunchy 35 year old you know that's still got gauges for some fucking reason <laughs> right right yeah it doesn't sound like that right it makes it sound youthful and fun yep exactly i mean like I said, this stuff misses a lot of newer versions of this stuff or newer takes on this uh, style of hardcore. Miss both of us. But, yeah, we're, we're two for two on this shit doing it tonight. That was really good. I mean, it's interesting because I think this applies for both of us. The classic iterations of this stuff are some of our favorite releases. Oh, yes. Like the Breakdown 87 demo? Yep. Motherfuck. I love that demo. It's incredible. Uh, Yeah, I mean... All that sort, of, yeah, all that stuff. Right. Um, side by side. Sure. Fucking love it. Right. Right. Because it's youthful, it's energetic, it's fun. Right. It's not. It's not buried under its own middle-aged angst. Right. It's not buried under its fake fronting testosterone snorting right. bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. And so, anytime I hear a youthful take on this that actually feels youthful and it's not fronting and it's not trying to be fucking hard and shit and it's just like not taking itself too seriously and again very importantly gets in gets out gets the job done quickly this was a minute and 20 seconds long there are no songs even two minutes long on this record i don't believe perfect you guys got the right idea definitely want to check out the rest of this that was a fucking ton of fun i'm really yo we had this was a good night this was a good night we didn't hear 
Slugger. Slugger sucks. Slugger's the only thing that but was just like, who it, gives a it, shit it about this? Piss me off. No, it, not didn't, at all. it didn't send me into like the throes of reckless fucking frenzied abandon. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? It, I just said, I just politely said, Slugger, you guys suck. <laughs> um, hope you're having fun. And even the stuff I that, didn't wish anything ill on them. Even the stuff that we didn't get around to, it all is stuff that like I was equally stoked if we would have landed on that. Yeah. It all looked like stuff that I wanted to check out. Yeah. We got a lot of really good submissions this week, and we have a shit of fucking a shit ton of what looked to be good submissions just kind of waiting the wings for us to get around to on okay. upcoming weeks. So I'm it must at this rate, I mean, some of these are from last year. Some of these are from this year. But at this rate, from what I've seen so far, it looks like 2020 might be another very good year for uh, punk and hardcore music. It might be. It might not be a very good good year for ripping bands' new ones. Yeah, it might not, right? But, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe people are catching on. Maybe. When, when's the last band that we really fucking went in on? I mean, it couldn't have been more than a couple episodes ago. Was it? Uh, Bonnie and the Mere Mortals? Yeah. That's the most memorable. I'd have to check because, you know, all this shit blurs together. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. We do four episodes of this a month. Yeah. And we listen to at least six bands per episode. So that means we're le- we're listening oh, I know. to we- a- at least 24 bands a month. Right. Just from this show. I know. And I- then we listen to a fucking shit ton of music outside of this show. I mean, on average, I'm probably hearing at least 40 new releases a month. Right. Right. Which is insane. It's, it's crazy. And I was thinking about that, like going back and looking at all our previous shows the other the other week. And I was thinking about, you know, how many bands we've we've heard. Right. Like, and, and I think I even mentioned to you, like, that's one of the cool things about this is, you know, I guess people get to listen to new bands. But more more importantly, like, fuck you guys. I get those. <laughs> right. Bands, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like more importantly. And and there's a ton of new bands. And what I've also learned is the bands that I liked mm-hmm. are the ones that I remember. Because there's loads of yep. them like, I don't remember what that band was. I don't yep. remember that band. Exactly. I don't remember that band. Oh, I remember that band. Yep. And that is my bullshit filter. Right. If I can go back and look at what we did three months ago and be like, I remember that band. Yep. Yep. Right. Right. That was, a good that was a good fucking band. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, this this show has been a, kind of a godsend for me in terms of just keeping me up to date on shit. Yeah. So it's, as Nate just said, fuck y'all. This is just uh, it's e- even more for us than it is for you. Right. It just keeps me in the loop on fucking good shit. It's our little cheat code to just constantly have the, the uh, a line on new cool shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Keeps my mailbox stacked. And it keeps me from having to go looking for it on the internet. Yeah. Where I like to... Yeah, like I don't have to search for it. Exactly. People send it to me. What, what, what the fuck? Easiest thing in the world. Between this and the Bandcamp Discover feature, pretty much covered. Yeah, and like some YouTube channels. Right, exactly. Right, of Totally course. fucking covered. Yep. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, like a ton of stuff that I pre-ordered is coming in too. Like, oh, hell yeah. I got that pressure-packed LP. Fuck yeah. I got one of the limited ones. Nice. It looks really cool. It's got an OB strip. Sick. I know it's not fucking Japanese release, but Obi strips always look cool. They are the best. It's such a good aesthetic choice for a fucking record. So uh, on that note, I think maybe we can get around to the messages for the night. Okay, we've gotten through six bands. We're like you know, I don't know, probably an hour and a half or so into the episode. So do some ra- messages and then uh, and then wrap it up for the night because okay. I still got to edit this bitch and get it up, and it's yeah. already fucking past ten o'clock, and I got a long day of work tomorrow. So all right, all right. let's let's see what uh, let's see what people had to say this week. Yo, it's uh, it's TJ from Aviator, the late Aviator. Uh, originally from 
New England, but I'm currently living in Pittsburgh, so if you get a little bit of both accents, uh, fucking I'm sorry. Uh, but I wanted to call, and I'm listening to the, the current uh, episode, and I wanted to call, and I wanted to say about moshing and dancing at shows, I'm like 95% in agreement with Nate on this one. Uh, but I think a big part of that is because I've never been good at I, – I look like a buffoon uh, when trying to do that. Uh, I haven't done it since since the early 20s, my early 20s, uh, maybe late teens. Um, so I kind of always stuck with just the running into people um, and diving off shit um, just because, you know, Maybe the occasional attempt at a wrestling move with my friends. Uh, that happens. Um, haven't done that in a while though, either. Uh, you know, the, the airplane spin. You know, I've seen one of my friends give another friend a, a power bomb in the pit before. Yeah, you know, that shit happens. Um, but, uh, the other 5%, I'll have to say, I'm in agreement with, uh, Gray on, on that one. Uh, but for me, it's only when you see the dudes who clearly did martial arts. Uh, at some point in their childhood, uh, really letting them have it in the, in the pit, you know, with some fucking martial arts shit, spin kicks, some good shit, palm strikes, whatever they got. Uh, you know, I mean, even the wrestling shit, you know, the, the, you know, a good, a good haymaker, a good, a good, uh, clothesline, you know? But anyway, that's all I really wanted to say. Sorry, this is really long. All right, uh, hey, uh, fuck you. Bye. Always like wrapping it up with a good fuck you, just as a, a good measure. Yeah, and TJ, uh, number one, don't be afraid of your uh, accents. Right. I tried hard to kill my Southwest PA Pittsburgh accent uh, in my uh, early 20s at the uh, recommendation of a, a few misguided people. Mm-hmm. Uh, always leave that fucking little spice to your, to, your, to your tone. Never get rid of it. The only time it really comes out on me like, is if I get fucking mad. Yeah. And, uh, or if I've been home for a grip. Right. But um, don't, uh, don't, don't let that shit fall from your voice, man, because uh, that's, that's what uh, just... I, it, it's always interesting to hear 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 how people sound and you can immediately pinpoint them to an area i agree and uh the pittsburgh accent is a is, is a proud is a proud accent to have <laughs> it is it's yes. a really good one it is a good uh, one. also yeah i mean you're right on on the point that like i'm not very uh uh deck I, I guess i'm not i'm not very dainty and and mobile and i mean dexterous. i'm mobile enough right um but yeah i mean i'm i'm i i, I am in a fucking elephant in the room sure um so uh yeah, I can't dance. Um nor should I. Right? Cuz I hurt people. I did see I did see you once do what I could only assume to have been one of your classic moves, but it was not at a show. It was in a parking lot before a show. Okay. Uh we were playing I think the Owl Farm. Oh, in Nashville? In Nashville? Yeah. And I think we were listening to Chokehold in the parking lot. Yeah. And I saw you do a, what looked to be a classic move. It looked like a, 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 a classic 90s floor punch move. So I do have a few of those I and would do. It, they were mostly in jest. Right. Um, there was another one which is basically just leaping into the air as if wielding a, a, a hammer in both hands. 
and jumping across the pit and bringing the hammer down on everybody. <laughs> That's a good move. Um, there was, and most of them were just joking, right? Right, sure. There was a variety of really stupid ones named after animals like the panda bear, right. where I just sort of squat down, um, trying to keep my knees at 90 degrees and my elbows at 90 degrees. And right. without really moving anything, uh-huh. just sort of toddle back and forth, <laughs> right? back and forth across the Shit. pit. Mostly it was there to mock the kids who, as you pointed out, probably took martial arts at some point in their mm-hmm. life. And that is the only chance they'll ever get to display those abilities. That's me, baby. <laughs> that's um, me all that's day. It. <laughs> that's it. They'll never get a chance to do it outside their dojo. What a disappointment their uh, sensei's lessons were. Um, because... Uh, uh, that's that's the extent of their martial arts utilization. I've utilized my martial arts in real world situations. Yeah, to varying effect. Yeah, sometimes I got my ass yeah. fucking beat. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, my definitely. That's when my my training definitely shines in my pit moves. Yeah, I more mean, than it does in my fighting. Right, because I mean, all all all, all martial arts aside, unless you really know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, a fucking straight punch in the mouth is going <laughs> to knock any notions of what you thought you were going to do right out of your fucking head. Very much so. I learned that. I learned that really early on in my life. Um, I, I learned that actually in, uh, it would have had to have been fourth grade. I had been in martial arts since I was like four, four and a half years old. So I thought I was real hot shit. Yeah. And I had gotten in a lot of fights at my previous school, which is why I had transferred school, schools. But it had mostly been with kids my age and my size. And I was on the playground one day, and uh, we were playing kickball. Ball got kicked over. Biggest kid in the school picked it up. Huge kid. Like a monstrous kid. Right, like a big baby Huey weirdo. Exactly. And I said, hey, man, can I get that ball back? And he said, you know, make me, motherfucker. You know right. what I mean? Something that some big baby Huey fourth, fifth grader would do. Right. Maladjusted. Probably alcoholic parents. Right. In retrospect. Or his feels, eyes, feels or his eyes a little kid. too far apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just he looked kind like... Kind of a sh- more bigger, bulbous yeah, forehead. he looked like shit. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, so we kind of got into it going back and forth. And I don't know what insults we exchanged that led us here, but he hit me with, at least I don't suck my own mother's dick. That's a good fucking line. It was a good line, especially for a fourth or fifth oh, grader. Oh, man. But then me thinking I'm hot shit and me being, you know, light on my toes verbally, right. even at that age, I said, damn, dude, gross. Your mom has a dick. Yeah. Which in today's climate, maybe not so acceptable, but for fourth or fifth graders in the 90s, pretty good fucking comeback. Still gross if you're sucking your mom's dick. It's still gross if you're sucking your mom's dick, for sure. So I said, damn, dude, gross. Your mom has a dick. And uh, he came over to me and squared up, and I thought I was hot shit. I just fucking burned this dude in front of all of my fellow classmates. I'm a fucking martial arts badass. I got trophies and medals. I'm going to whoop this kid's ass. And uh, he decked me in the fucking face as I stanced up. Yep. He decked me so fucking hard, and I wobbled and full-on, like, cartoon, like, ghost punched him. You know what I mean? Where I, like just punched and just fell over <laughs> like my was like genuinely seeing double and it was at, at, at that moment that i realized um you know what martial arts only go so far <laughs> it only goes so far unless you really know what you're doing but right honestly in in, in, in a street situation yeah a fucking brick in hand is worth uh, two black belts. <laughs> yes, it sure fucking right? is. I remember when I was younger, we had some, uh, like, little, uh-huh. right? Probably seven, eight. 
Yeah. We had these guys that would martial arts train with like fake katanas in the mm-hmm. backyard. Now, when you're like a seven or eight year old and they've got like bamboo katanas and they've got like the fucking face mask and stuff on. Yeah. Some weirdo that lived in an apartment. Uh-huh. This is the dopest shit you have seen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Right. Like this is dope. <laughs> yeah. And so we would watch them and we thought it would, they, we thought it was fucking amazing and it was the best. Right. And then one day, just for the fuck of it, we decided to throw mud balls at them instead of like watching them. Yeah. And they weren't having it. And the guy chased us with a fucking bamboo fucking stick in order to try to hit us. Yeah. And we laughed and ran away and told my dad. Sure. My dad used to be a very big man, maladjusted Vietnam vet. Right. Immediately grabbed a crowbar, (laughs) walked over to the apartment, pounded on the door, and as soon as he answered, snatched him up by his neck, slammed him against the wall, and told him he was going to break his fucking knees if he ever looked at me again. I mean, that was the point when I realized that uh, it usually doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, it usually doesn't. At the end of the day, it's just who's got more gumption. Yeah, exactly. Who's got the crowbar? Yep. Who's got the gun? And that's what it is anymore, right? Right. So fuck it. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, I think we got we got a couple more messages. Let's let's get through them real quick. Hey, it's Adam. I just listened to the latest Patreon episode. Wanted to add a little commentary myself and uh, offer a counterpoint what I feel is an often erroneous opinion that you guys brought up yourselves when you were talking about Danzig and his creative output, and that is that he started fucking up with Danzig 4. He did not start fuck The band themselves did not start fucking up at Danzig 4. Danzig 4, in fact, is through and through, in my opinion, one of the best bands of record has some of the hardest fucking songs that band ever wrote on the record. It opens up with one of the hardest songs that Danzig has ever written. I want you both to go back. We listen to that record specifically, listen to the track bringer of death and not, and, and, and you cannot tell me after you've listened to it, that that song does not fucking Bang has one of the hardest fucking outro breakdowns ever written. I've seen Danzig 9, 10, 11 times collectively, something like that. That song is regularly in the set list. Every time they play it, crowd goes fucking off. Telling you. That's it. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. So interestingly enough, because you did, we did talk about Danzig on a recent Patreon episode, and we did mention that record. Yeah, I didn't listen to the re-listen to the entirety of that record, but I was I had a car ride, like a ten minute car ride or something, and I put on that record to revisit it. So I have heard "Bringer of Death" within the last week and a half, two weeks. Okay, it isn't a bad song, but by and large. I think I would still have. I'm gonna. I I'll do Adam the service of sitting down with that record and giving it a focused start to fr- like start to back listen. We'll listen to it on the way to Richmond. Sure, we can do that. So I'm not gonna say that he's wrong. However, I will say from like the three songs that I listened to from it recently, which one of them was Bringer of Death. Uh, it ain't no how the gods kill. It's not, man. And like. Bringer of Death is a standout track, for sure. The outro riff is cool. You know, kind of 
but I don't know. I think it's kind of standard bluesy, bluesy metal Danzig fare. Yeah, you, and, you know and to that, mean? to that, like I, it's not like there aren't some fucking stinkers on Danzig Three. Sure. I mean, people like the song Bodies. I think that's that's kind of a weak track. Yeah. But man, Danzig Three's got How the Gods Kill on it. Yeah. Fucking hell. Right. I, I want to be listening to that when the asteroid hits the planet. True. Because that is indeed how gods kill. Yes. <laughs> if I was a god, that's how I would kill. Overkill all the fucking time. Right? Right. If somebody fucking besmirches my name on some random planet, some fucking wobble-headed alien, a moon is coming down on your fucking dome, buddy. Right? I am a fucking wrathful god. Right? A yeah. petulant, petty, wrathful god. Because you know what? I'm a god. Right. I can do it. Punish you, punish the entire fucking planet for your malfeasance, right? right? And then rebuild everything as if it never happened, except you fucking know it happened, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the power of a god right there. <laughs> Very glad you don't have the power so, of a god. Uh, we'll definitely re-listen to it. I, I have to say though, Adam is probably, aside from Danzig himself, perhaps one of the foremost authorities on Danzig. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and this is no this is no fucking shade on Adam whatsoever, but a significant portion of like you know how he has dressed as long as I have known him is taken from dancing big time. And yes. he pulls it fucking off. He, he pulls does. it off. Yeah, right. He yeah. pulls it off. I agree. Um, so no no sweat on that. Um, I will re-listen to it. I trust Adam's authority on that over my own. Sure, I'll give it a listen and I'll see what I think. Yeah, I enough. honestly haven't listened to that record in probably twenty years. Fair enough. So yeah, we'll listen. We'll listen to it on the way to Richmond, and we'll report back. Yeah, next episode. All right, we got uh, two more messages. Yo, uh, Tim Nuff again. Um, speaking as a veteran of the Army of God, a fucking AWOL general, if you will, here. Uh, but uh, still a member of the moral police. I want to call out Nate. Nate, your ass. Yes, we're going to talk about that Jesus comment. What the fuck? If evil wasn't enough, Jesus certainly sure shit wasn't going to be either. He's not enough now. He wasn't enough then. Oh, I got to say, his savior was known seriously all. So I wasn't quite sure what he was saying there. I think the fury kind of like peaked the levels on his mic a little bit on yeah. his phone. It could it could have been the fury, could have been the booze, could have been something. <laughs> so he was pissed off, uh, presumably because I said that if if uh, evil were false, I'd just fucking go with Jesus. You pledge yourself to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, that's how you get him. <laughs> that's how you he get thinks him. you're on his side, right? Right, right. And then he, you know, you go to heaven, mm -hmm. everything's good. Yep. Hey, buddy. Shank. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because if you kill him in heaven, he's fucking dead. Is that the rule? That's the fucking rule. We're That's how it works in 5e. You can kill him anywhere else in Faerun. You can kill him on any other plane. But if you kill him in fucking heaven or hell, they're dead. Oh, well, you're talking about celestial and demonic beings. And that's also based on biblical writings. Uh, no, no, I don't think I'm, that's true. I'm telling you right now, if you look in the addendum at the back of the Bible, oh, the addendum at the if back, you manage to the kill Jesus, if you manage to kill Jesus in heaven, he is finally dead. <laughs> they add that in there just as a little yeah. a little challenge to all comers. It is. So you you know, get in good with him. Right. Never sees you coming, poison. 
that'll do it, right? Get some heavenly poison, right? Where do you even get no poison in heaven? It's probably fucking everywhere. Why? Because people think it can't hurt them. It's heaven. They eat whatever they want, right? Oh, what's arsenic taste like? I never tasted arsenic before. Uh-huh. Mm, you're gonna. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of holes in that, but but we'll just we'll just leave it there for the night because we got one more one more call to to field before we wrap it up. Hey Nate, I want to fuck you. I want to fuck you so hard. Uh, fuck. Yeah, I dream about you. Just your voice dominating me. The essence you give. If you want to come fuck me, my address is 218 Foothill Road, Bridgewater, New Jersey. <laughs> I wonder if that was that person's real address or not. I don't know. We can find out. <laughs> we could find out. We'll just do a road trip. We'll do it. Well, we're going to Richmond already. We'll just swing up to New Jersey. Swing so up. Hop, skip, and a jump away. Yeah. Get a little fucking in. Yeah. And then hit the road. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. He said he's been dreaming about your voice doming him. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's probably the first. Is that the first? That's probably the first time you've rece- received such a forward sexual advance of that nature. Uh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Love that, dude. Uh, keep, keep if if you ever see us in person, keep that same energy. I'm into it, and I'll give you everything you want, <laughs> you fucking pig. <laughs> So on that note, uh, I think we can go ahead and uh, we can wrap up for the week. I don't think we have any new Patreon donors, do we? I don't think I saw any new ones. Let me double check just to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass here. Nah, I think we covered them all in the last episode. So if you want to donate to the Patreon, you're more than welcome to. It's highly encouraged. It helps us out a lot. Uh, it helps us get the new mic that uh, I'm speaking through right now, which is much better than the old mic. So you can head over to patreon.com slash demo listen podcast, give it the $5 tier and up, and uh, you get access to all of our Patreon episodes where we still talk about punk and hardcore, but we do it in a slightly different way. We sometimes go through records in our stack. We did a uh, year and best of list. We do a bunch of different stuff. If you want to send in some music, which a lot of people have been, so thank you for that. Just go ahead and send us an email at demo listen podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to call uh, and, you know, send us your sexual advances or your opinions about Danzig 4, whatever it may be, talk a little shit. Yeah. Go ahead and call in to 260-222-8341. We have still yet to get anybody calling in and actually talking shit. Because I have access to social media, I will occasionally catch wind of somebody saying something disparaging about us on the internet. Oh, really? On occasion. About both of us? Uh, no, just about the show. Okay. You know what I mean? It's usually about me. Okay. Because I'm the only I'm, I'm the only one with you're, an internet presence. You're the face of the show. Right, exactly. So it's usually about me, um, but it is as pertains to the show, okay. right? Or sometimes it's somebody in a band that we've spurned who will use a different reason to clown on me. Right. To like get their licks in because they're mad that we said their band sucks on the show. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine with that energy, but I just want you to take it off of Twitter and bring it to the phone line. Yeah. If you got a beef, we right. have a hotline bring for it. you. Respond. Respond. Right. We fucking aired out all of our opinions about your bullshit band for hundreds of people to hear. Yeah. The least you can do is give it back to us. Yeah. Give it back. Come on. We, we we got now 25 episodes for you to critique. And and not only that, but, you know, we, we talk about 
engendering a, 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 a spirit of like staticky menace sure. in punk and hardcore. Right. It doesn't need to be a fucking circle jerk. Nah. Let's get fucking mean. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, bring it to us. We got a hotline for it. That's what it's there for. Right. Call in, talk some shit. If you don't like us, I want to know about it. Not, I don't want to hear about it secondhand. Right. You know, I don't want to see somebody retweet something about it. I want to see, I want to hear your voice saying, listen up, you pieces of shit. You don't know fucking anything. You come to New York, you're going to get busted in the face with a fucking crowbar. That's what I want to hear. Cool. Good luck finding me, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, good you know fu- what I mean? yeah, good fucking luck, motherfucker. <laughs> you can buy, buy a plane ticket. See if you can find me. Gla- I, I, honestly, see, now I'm thinking of a million ways that I would respond if somebody said something That's like that. That's what I'm saying. I would just antagonize and antagonize and antagonize until maybe actually my life was on the line. <laughs> and then the hilarity of that right. is that you know anybody that would be so pea-brained as to actually take something that seriously that they do want to bust my fucking melon with a crowbar right because i pooped on your your band uh-huh. what what a comically stupid fucking end of my life <laughs> yeah no shit you know what i mean no shit like what a pathetically comically stupid way to end my life well i recently caught i recently caught static from somebody who does want to bo- beat my ass yeah and i you know i just kind of responded to it with like well, are you going to kill? You know, if you're not going to kill me, they're like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I was like, like, let's say you've got some friends that are like hitters right. and they jump me at a show and right. they beat my ass. Right. You know, what's, when get, the only thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get my ass beat and then I'm going to go on with my day. Right. And if you're not going to kill me, right, then like, right. let's save us both the time. Right. And, and like, in the end. And if you do kill me, good on you. In the end, no matter how it turns out. You still end up looking like a fucking clown. Yeah, you still look like a fucking buffoon. Right. Thinking that you're in the, the criminal syndicate of fucking hardcore. Yo, you're out here running these fucking streets. The streets of the fucking fest that you overpaid for because your parents pay your rent. Yo, I could have done so much with my fucking life, but instead I killed a man over hardcore because I'm that fucking real. <laughs> oh, shit. And on that note, we will uh, we'll catch you next week.